Well, it's uh, not been a full week, but we're back. Welcome back to the Couch GM Podcast, episode 15 and a half. Not quite 16. Not quite 16. As some of you might have woken up this mor- Monday morning to a Adrian Wojnarowski bomb uh, in reference to his tweets this morning... Uh, what did he tweet out? He said, uh, Agent Rich Paul is notified that New Orleans Pelicans that all NBA forward Anthony Davis has no intention of signing a contract extension if and when presented and that he has requested a trade, Paul told ESPN on Monday. Yikes. That's not good for the New Orleans Pelicans. They haven't had a lot going right this year and <laughs> this was the uh, icing on the cake. Well, it, it, and as we talked about yesterday or on our last full episode, episode 15, on this podcast, we talked about them going to get Mike Conley. As like a save the season. Yeah, convince AD to just give him another shot. And then today, they listened to the pod and uh, changed their mind. <laughs> I guess so. Um, and another interesting statement coming out of New Orleans. They officially released a statement this afternoon, and there's been a lot of news coming. <laughs> that is just like kept, it's like in waves today. Um, the last bit is the most interesting. We have also requested the league to strictly enforce this tampering, the tampering rules associated with this transaction. And that's coming from, again, Adrian Wojnarowski. I mean, that's that's an interesting thing to put at the end of a statement about yeah, that's trading your biggest player and franchise history. Yeah, uh, I would say that was probably on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> they, they put that in there. Um, subtweeting Magic Johnson. Should have just added him. <laughs> just added him. Could you imagine just the Pelicans? <laughs> if the Pelicans at Irvin Magic Johnson on Twitter about tampering, that would be amazing. Would that be Would that be considered tampering? Probably, but you're already losing Anthony Davis. So what do you? <laughs> what does it matter? All yeah. your chips. And and then there's been the tweets uh, today that have been rest in peace, New Orleans. The bad pass interference, no call. They've had a terrible week. <laughs> Someone said just flip the calendar already. January 2019 needs to end for New Orleans. So bad. Um, but we're gonna talk about some possible trade options this is a, of course an emergency podcast you can find us on twitter at nba couch gm we're going to be tweeting out a lot this week about possible trade machine things uh for anthony davis this is going to be fun but let's let's talk about the impact of this what does this mean for new orleans what does this mean for anthony davis where landing spots etc so first off like coming to my mind is the trade deadline it's like in a week and a half so it's like February, 10 days. Yeah, February 7th, it's it's a Friday, or a Thursday, excuse me. They gave it a day to make sure everything gets processed before the weekend. So it's on a Thursday, February 7th. So they got about 10 days. If this deal is going to happen to whomever, we'll speculate on, on who in a moment. New Orleans has about a week. And in theory, New Orleans has been doing their due diligence before this, knowing that this was coming or was a possibility so it's not like they they are completely caught off guard i feel like that statement you mentioned was pre-prepared yeah. on some level they, they've been having that thing in the works all year so for new orleans um you're already just a bad basketball team to be honest you are sitting near the bottom of the western conference if it wasn't for the memphis grizzlies falling off as bad as they have i feel like we'd be talking about new orleans as just that fall off team they're currently 13th in the western conference at 22 and 28 
So honestly, it can get much worse. They're 29th in attendance this year. <laughs> so again, it like it wasn't going well already. The injuries of the team, Alvin Gentry, honestly has made the best out of this he could. I'm honestly surprised they're only six games under. Yep, 500. Well, this finger injury to Anthony Davis has really been the nail in the coffin for yeah. this season. They, they've lost, uh, I think, three straight now. Mm-hmm. Two. Um, I'm I'm kind of to the point of whether this deal gets done or not before the trade deadline, and we'll talk about why it might or might not in a little bit. I'm not sure Anthony Davis plays another game for New Orleans. Just period. I mean, if I'm the GM owner, I wouldn't. I would say. I think this has been talked about. Like, playing the All-Star game, fine. Whatever. Like, yeah. that'll be our last game in a New Orleans Pelicans yeah. uniform, though. Because we can't risk you coming out here. I mean, he already had a finger injury. You can't risk him breaking his foot or tearing yeah. an ACL or doing something worse. And then his trade value is diminished for this year. And then going into the offseason, yeah. maybe some teams are willing to maybe still offer, obviously, because it's Anthony Davis. You get Anthony Davis if you can. But maybe it's not quite, you know, selling the farm. Right. That, that New Orleans obviously will want for Anthony Davis. So I'm at the point in New Orleans, tank. Yeah. I mean, I don't always love to just throw out tanking, but I mean, go full-fledged <laughs> tank right now. I mean, everyone. Get get Frank Jackson in the game, check Diallo, everyone at the bottom of the bench. Play a G League roster if you have to. Um, but yeah, tank it out. The, the problem is there's so many bad teams right now mm. because like... Chicago, Chicago, Cleveland, so Phoenix. I mean, there are some teams that are really going for it. Memphis has slid down there. Atlanta's still pretty bad. Like there are still some really bad teams. The Knicks. Yeah. Um, so you you might not still be able to get into the top five because you've already won twenty two games. But I mean, I would rather secure a basically top eight pick than get into that eight to the thirteen range. Because you kept playing Drew and Nicola and Julius Randle and just making the best out of it. I'm on the complete opposite end of this. I know I really like Elvin Gentry. Mm. I think he's really made the best of this team. Yeah. Because outside of Drew Holiday, Anthony Davis, and then basically Miritich last year, I wasn't feeling that team. Mm. Rondo did playoff Rondo things, but, you know. Outside of that. Yeah, outside of that, it wasn't much. This year, they just basically replaced him with... Julius Randle, you made the best out of it. You really have. You made Jaleel Okafor look good. Yeah. Like, I'm all for Alvin Gentry. I like him as a coach. Uh, I want... I've always liked Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday, wanted them to succeed. But New Orleans, as a, as a franchise, just has not been able to put a team together that's been competent enough to really do much outside of making the playoffs last year. Yeah. I mean, so. that even the... Um, a kind of surprising... Uh, Portland last year in the playoffs, like they weren't expected to get past the first round, and they did. Yeah, uh, uh, but really haven't done much outside of that. Um, oh man, uh, it's gonna be. It's gonna. Were the Pelicans like undefeated at the beginning of the season too? Like they had a really hot start. Yeah, they started fine. Like a fully healthy team. A. This uh, is a like, conference that, like, they just you come in and Anthony Davis somehow always improves, and you throw in like a new little wrinkle with Julius Randle, yeah, and you're playing bigger of what Miritich and Davis both of them can stretch the floor. It worked at first, but 
to be honest, it between injuries and then the depth finally catching up to them or lack thereof. I think that was just part of it. And the Western Conference is so deep. You play enough good teams enough times, you, you're just going to lose some of them. You really just are. And you take the like your borderline scheduled losses. Yeah. But then after that, like, it's one of those 50-50 games where whether it's at home or on the road, and they just haven't come away with them this year. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. I Going back and looking through our podcast notes, and uh, one of my not-so-great takes from episode three was New Orleans will cool off drastically. And, man, wow. <laughs> Cooling off drastically is an understatement. Um, let's get into some trade destinations for Anthony Davis because that's what we're actually here to talk yeah. about. That's that's the pinnacle of this mini-pod. Speculation all day. I mean, that's, that's all we do on Twitter. And, and that's what this number one team is. But it's the most common one, and that's the L.A. Lakers. Yep. The the LeBrons. The LeBrons. So, the fighting LeBrons. What do you what do you think, New Orleans? Because this is the team. You don't make this offer unless you're gunning to go to the Lakers. Because you know Anthony Davis, everyone in the world knows. Boston really can't offer right now. Yeah. Like, there's really nothing they can do because they have Kyrie. And I mean, it's literally nothing they can do. Unless you trade Kyrie. Which they're not going to do because the idea is to pair Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving. Exactly. So, you know Boston literally can't offer right now. So, you, as Rich Paul, like, you don't say this, Anthony Davis, you don't come out and say this, if Boston's, like, the number one team you want to go to. So, therefore, everyone jumps to the L.A. side. So, if they were to do L.A., what do you think New Orleans is is going for? If I'm the New Orleans GM, I mean, I'm asking... I'm asking for everything. I'm asking for Alonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Kyle Kuzma, and Josh Hart. The Staples Center? Yeah, the Staples Center. You can switch the Smoothie smoothie King and the Staples Center? Yeah, that's what you're sending me. Because uh, over the last... They've really had their chance to do things over this last month and a half, and they haven't done anything. For the most part. What if... if, Anthony Davis and Rich Paul just told LeBron, hey, sit out for a little bit, so that way uh, New Orleans can get a good look at your assets. (laughs) Um, Because now the Lakers have fallen. They were, like, fourth in the West, and now they're, as of this recording, out of the playoffs by two games. Still time to make it in, time to get back. LeBron can come back, but it's not quite smooth sailing. Right. Especially without LeBron. Um and that's an issue for me because if you're trading away an all-star, you need, especially when you're the New Orleans Pelicans, who has a track record of not having good attendance and mm-hmm. uh, the list goes on and on, you need something back. And Ball, Ingram, Kuzma, or Hart are not guaranteed all-stars. No. Not a single... No, like... <laughs> Donovan Mitchell is going to be an all-star. Jason Tatum is going to be an all-star. Ben Simmons is going to be an all-star, which could be another interesting trade destination, which we can talk about here in a minute. But of those four guys, like, I'm not convinced any of one of them. It can make you a good team, and they're really not on, like, they're on their rookie deals still, so they're not terribly expensive. And so... Maybe you can flip some of them later for assets, such mm-hmm. as draft picks. But you're also, if you're the Lakers, you're sending me a draft pick. Yeah. Like, that's just the reality. Like, I, I, yeah. I If I'm New Orleans, like, knowing the, the Lakers draft pick isn't going to be very good. Like, it's going to be all right. It's going to be in the, you know, mid-teens, maybe early 20s, somewhere in there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if New Orleans asked for at least a pick. 
I mean, I, I would have to. But uh, the counter to this is that the Lakers, I don't think, have the best deal. Like, they don't have the best offers. You you talked about Boston mm-hmm. a second ago. I think they have the best offer if you're going to give up Jalen Brown. Yeah, if you're willing to give up some of their young guys who have proven in the playoffs, they can go for 30. You know, it's just the fact that Boston has, like, it feels like 12 players that can play in the right. playoffs. Yeah, if Boston's willing to go that far with Jalen Brown, maybe, a, you know, a Terry, sign-and-trade Terry type, and and maybe another young guy, um, I could... I could see them being more appealing, especially they have all the draft picks in the world, it seems like, this year. They have, like, three or four, depending on how it all shakes out. Yeah. Yeah. But, again, this goes back to what does Anthony Davis want? Yeah. And Where is he going to sign long-term? Because that's the question that comes after this. Yeah. And there's, like, this weird part of me that thinks, like, yeah, he's asking for a trade. And, you know, like, why asked for a trade not too long ago? And in San Antonio, shipped him up to Toronto. <laughs> and part of me is like, and that that ended really bad, like that relationship. Part of me is wondering how this relationship in New Orleans is ending because it's still in the process of ending. Because if it's ending on a okay note, like we understand, yeah, we we just couldn't put it all together. Is it a we'll send you at least more so where you want to go, or is it we're just taking the best offer? If that means we'll wait on Boston, we'll wait on Boston. If that means. But maybe that also means, you know, we'll go ahead and get you out of here, get you to L.A. or or one of the other teams that I, I think might be in the mix, too. That's an interesting point you bring up because I think Indiana is the case study for that. Mm-hmm. Like, they had multiple offers, and they took what they felt like was the best offer, and they ended up getting two really good players out of it. Yeah, and thankfully for Oklahoma City in that, Paul George resigned. Yeah. But that was not guaranteed by any means. Right. They had to do a lot. To get there, they had to prove that they were ready to win, and Russell Westbrook could be a good fit for him. And Russ did a lot to help that relationship. But wherever you're sending it, whatever team's taking on Anthony Davis, you have to be pretty confident that you're you have a window. Yeah, you're right, man. I'm just looking at like teams around the league, like his options, like outside of the Lakers, but even with the Lakers, like the money is still hard. To make it work. It's not as bad. It's only it's $25 not, million, which isn't yeah. egregious. Like no. a $30 million it's contract. A, no, and just on the Lakers for a minute. So, like, Ball's at, we said, seven and a half. Ingram's uh, at... I have it here. Yeah. I can pull it up. Let's see here. Lonzo is at seven and a half, essentially. Brandon Ingram's at five. Uh, Basically five. Kuz, well, yeah. Kuzma's <laughs> under two. Uh, What's the thing? Josh Hart's under two because so, they're both second round picks. Yeah, right? uh, yeah, late first. Um, so like they're combined three, and then yeah. So like even this math all with Ball, Ingram, Hart, and Kuzma, that's only getting you to like seventeen, eighteen million dollars. You would have to take on a KCP or Rajon Rondo, and uh, KCP has veto rights. Yeah. On his, so if he says no, then you're kind of screwed in that way. But Rondo even, I, I feel like you need him. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he's someone you can really trade. You'd probably have to try and attach Lance or Beasley. Yeah. That's because <laughs> Lance is at four and a half and Beasley's at three and a half. The positive thing for New Orleans is that it's a one-year deal. Both yeah. of those are one-year deals, so you get off them this summer. 
Yeah, exactly. So I think that's something possible. Now, if New Orleans was then also looking for L.A. to take on, like, bad money, like a Solomon Hill, who's at uh, 12 and a half or just over 12 this year and just over 13 next year, I, you would have to get KCP to waive his yeah. his uh, no trade clause because otherwise there's no way for, for that to literally happen. Yeah, they... <sighs> It's not such an easy path to get him to the Lakers um, because then New Orleans has to buy in the idea that, like I talked about, Ball Ingram or Kuzma developing into an all-star or some type of player you can players you can yeah. build a team around. I mean, New Orleans has been searching for wings for forever. And <laughs> that would be all the wings. There's all of them. <laughs> that's it. Um, that's the league's uh, assets. So I think it'll have it. I'm just, I'm not even sure how they can make this work like logistically with like a, basically we just said a five for one deal. Five yeah. players for one. Like now New Orleans can, you know, basically just scrap guys at the bottom of their bench, you know, and, and make it all work out, I guess. But Man, that's just this is so tough. Like actually making the LA thing work, even though that's really what he wants. Yeah. And there are other teams out there that have those young players, but also like decent contracts. So like the other one that's being floated around a lot, being the Knicks. Like that's not the winner championship team that <laughs> you're waiting a while to, but for the Knicks to get good. But as of right now, the Knicks only have sixty million dollars committed for next year. Um, if you could, if you're the Knicks, if you can get them to take on Tim Hardaway uh, at seventeen million plus, I mean. Um, Nilakita, if if they could get them to buy into Nilakita at four, so you're at twenty one and a half. You'd have to give up Kevin Knox. So there's your yeah. there's twenty five million right there, and then you would probably attach on like Mitchell Robinson also as like mm. a, another young center who could play, and then New Orleans if they needed to, they could tack on a Frank Jackson or Check Diallo or something whatever. like that, and Just then also. Filler. New York's pick, like, yeah. which at this point, we we mentioned at the top when talking about New Orleans tanking that New York pick is gonna be top five. Mm. Probably, I mean, in all likelihood, it's gonna be a top five pick. They finally six. figured it out how to tank. Yeah, and then you might be trading it immediately for Anthony Davis because I feel like they're gonna do everything they can to hold on to Porzingis um, this year. So that would give you something like moving forward, Anthony Davis. Kristaps Porzingis, Alonzo Trier, Lance Thomas, and a whole bunch of cap room. Like, literally all the cap room going forward, especially if you can get off Tim Hardaway Jr. If you can get off Tim Hardaway Jr., then you still have $40 million before you get the even just cap let alone even getting in towards the luxury tax, which is another $20 million. I feel like that's a tricky thing, Kristaps, uh, and how, how that f- would fit with Anthony Davis and Kristaps. Or Kristaps. Porzingis. I think it would work great. I, it would be interesting. I don't know if it would wor- work as smoothly. I mean, it kind of worked with Boogie when he was in New Orleans, but I, I don't think it's a guaranteed fit. And then that's also the idea that you get a Kevin Durant, a Kawhi Leonard to say, also like, come. yes, I want to play in New York um, for the Knicks. 
I mean, one of those guys, and then like a second tier star, and all of a sudden you got. I mean, you're you're gonna have to resign Porzingis because his contract's actually up yep. at the end of this year. Um, so maybe he's actually your your next guy, but. I'm not saying this is any easier, and I like the Lakers' assets better, but I'm just thinking, like, for some reason, Lakers, like, held back on their offer. Yeah. You would think they would learn their lesson from, like, the Paul George thing and and Kawhi and now Anthony Davis, but I don't know, maybe... Maybe, not. Maybe they're just more confident in their young guys and they're than willing. We are, than, or, or the entire NBA is. <laughs> I mean, what I've seen of the young guys is a bunch of yikes, but uh, I guess I'm not professionally paid to evaluate talent. Yeah. I think a sneaky location for him to land, at least for the time being, if they were to make it move in the next 10 days, is the Los Angeles Clippers. That's the next one I had pulled up. So this is fascinating because you, uh, there's they have they're another team that just they've made a whole bunch of shrewd business decisions, mm-hmm. gotten some good players. Like Tobias Harris on one year for under fifteen million dollars is not a bad contract, and he's a really good player. Yeah, you could essentially as the New Orleans Pelicans trade Anthony Davis but retool to be Clippers two point Yeah, and. You're not. You don't have a ton of money on the books, and you could get a pick or two out of the Clippers, and all of a sudden you're borderline playoff contender, and then can make some really. If you make some smart business decisions, you could end up with a nice roster. I'm thinking like you have something like a, a trade of Tobias Harris, and then. You might I'd have to include SGA. You might have to. Montrez Harrell, you have him at $6 million this year, $6 million next year. That's that's a not a bad contract, so but that's, what, what do you do with Miritich and then Randall? Yeah, I mean, I, part flip of me them, says, like, who flip. do you prefer? Nikola Miritich is already 27. He's at $12.5 million this year. He's probably going to ask for more next year. You probably know you, you can't do that. Julius Randle is 24 years old. You know you're he's going to ask for more than $9 million next year, and which is what his player option is. So if you're not looking to pay that money and you would rather just maybe in a Harrell situation take on him for six and then use that other four, five, six million dollar difference you would otherwise have to use. Mm-hmm. Use it on a young player or two who you're taking a shot on. Maybe it's a second contract guy like an like an Emmanuel Moutier or yeah. or someone of that nature. I think I would prefer that to uh, to paying one of those guys almost. Because Montrez Harrell's an incredibly productive player and at the very least he gives you a lot of value on honestly a tremendous contract. Yeah. Yeah. He's still young. He's only 25. Now, I feel like I'm not going to say he's peaked, but he has developed into the player that he's probably ultimately going to be. Um, but, you know, he's, he's still a good player. You're right. So between SGA, Montrez Harrell, and Tobias Harris, and then you'd probably throw in a pick or two. Yep. At least one, if not two. And they have a, a couple picks this year? Is that right? Uh, let, me, let me pull theirs up. So they have... I don't know if they have any this year because they had two this past year where they picked up Shea Gildas Alexander and Jerome Robinson out of mm. Boston College. But you know, it's really funny. So, like, I'm looking at this um, using pro sports transactions um, for this. So, their first round pick, um, Jeff Green, was traded to the Clippers. Oh, jeez. 
from the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh my god. <laughs> for Lance Stevenson. Oh my god. <laughs> and first round picks. <laughs> um, oh my god. Top 14 protected. And then that's the pick that's going to Boston mm. from so <laughs> So Jeff Green still coming back oh to god. bite them <laughs> the years later. Oh my god! Um, Jesus, that was literally <laughs> literally three years ago at the trade deadline. Um, coming back now, so they don't have a pick this year. They have a twenty twenty first round pick for next year, and then a twenty. But you can't trade back to back first round picks. So you could offer a twenty twenty first. 2022nd first and I mean you got uh, like a second round pick this year yeah that's that's what you could offer basically for fear the Clippers yeah that's not as good but I mean it depends Tobias, on what you think of SGA Tobias your ability to bring back Tobias Harris yeah trust Harrell uh and if the Lakers aren't willing to sell everything. Right. That's good. That's another point. You can spite the Lakers yeah. and send them to the Clippers. <laughs> He's still playing in Staples, yep. but just not for... Man, how ironic would that be? That'd be great. <laughs> the Another New Orleans player ends up in the Clippers instead, instead of, of the, the Lakers. Lakers. <laughs> That'd be the best. That would be great. I've also heard uh, the Denver Nuggets floated around. That's super interesting, pairing him with Jokic. Um, you would have to give up Jamal Murray. Um, which I really like him as a player. So that means Drew Holiday and Jamal Murray going forward. That's that's a really good backcourt. That's a really good backcourt. And then I feel like you'd feel comfortable enough to bring back Julius Randle at that point. Yeah. F- maybe flip Miritich for an asset See, of this a pick be, or something. This could be a really good one for New Orleans if just to make the money work on this. Jamal Murray, Paul Millsap, who's at $29 million with a team mm. option team option next year at $30 million, which is probably going to get declined. Yeah. Because just $30 million for Paul Millsap in his early 30s, he's 33 right now, is just way much. too much. So you take on Millsap, you can get off of him, or you can try and flip him again before the trade deadline, and you still get Jamal Murray, and you can probably squeeze out like Michael Porter Jr. also. Which they probably would not need if they got Anthony Davis. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm like, your your long-term pairing in theory would be Jokic and Davis if you can make this all work, along with a Gary Harris, and then you piece, piece around it. Monte Morris has proven to be like at least a viable. I mean, if you had Alfred Payton in New Orleans and you were happy with Alfred Payton, I'm I'm honestly more on the Monte Morris yeah. bandwagon than yep. I am Alfred Payton. And then you feel around him, we still have Will Barton on this team. You'd probably be having to. I I said that deal because, like we said, New Orleans might want to get off some extra money, like Solomon Hill. Solomon Hill's a decent backup. Like yeah, he's overpaid, but he's a decent backup. He can he can play defense between Mason Plumley, Plumley, Trey Lyles, and Wancho Hernan Gomez, Solomon Hill. We said on the last pod, Isaiah Thomas, or I guess that was episode fourteen. Isaiah Thomas is hopeful to return um, just after the trade deadline, maybe around the All Star break, and then you know these minimum guys, then Torrey Craig, Malik Beasley. You have a team. That's a really good team, and, and you're in right. As of right now, you're second in the West. 
and you're looking to compete with Golden State, I think that would put you in the conversation. I don't know if you could, uh, you know, win a seven-game series with Golden State with that roster. But what's really interesting is, like, Golden State has at times had trouble with, like, these physical teams. Yep. And you're going Jokic and Hall and um, Anthony Davis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like talking about like don't shoot within the five feet of the bucket. Like there's there's no room there. But yeah, on offense, both of those guys don't have to play near the basket at all. Right. Like, we've seen Jokic be thirty feet from the basket and throw the most incredible passes. <laughs> kind of a facilitator more than anything. Yeah. Um, I love that deal. I just don't know if Denver would be willing to pull the trigger or if that's enough for New Orleans to take back. That all depends on your assessment of Jamal Murray. Yeah. Uh, I would be hesitant if I were New Orleans. on Because knowing what Boston and L.A. can offer. Like, it's not the best offer. Right. It's not the best it's a good offer. offer. It's a really good offer, really intriguing offer from basketball standpoint. But I don't know, realistically, if that gets people in seats or sells jerseys yeah. or any of that. Um, let's talk about an Eastern Conference team now. What do you? Uh, let's talk about Philadelphia. Um, See, I don't, I don't love the Philadelphia one at all. Man, I hate it. it. It's and that's not being a Boston fan. That's like I would hate that like idea. Because uh, I mean, I guess you're sending Ben Simmons in this. You would, you would have to send Ben Simmons. Uh, you might have to convince New Orleans to take on Mark L. Fultz for the money to work out. I feel like they probably would just for the sake of taking a swing. Um, and I don't know. So that's uh, somewhere around fifteen billion dollars. Yeah. So you have to get another ten, and the next closest would be JJ uh, Redick or Wilson Chandler. I feel like they would try and send Wilson Chandler, and then also attach like a younger guy, like a Shamit mm. or Zaire Smith, who is both around like two million dollars. And then a future pick. You'd have to send a lot of picks with this. I would say, let's see, the 76ers picks moving forward. Um, man, they don't. Because something's about to convey to Boston, right? Yeah, so there's the Kings pick that if it's top one, it goes to Philly. But if not, then it goes to Which Boston. it's not going to be top one yeah. at this point. And they have their own pick. Um, and... That their own pick would go to Boston if it was better than the Kings pick, but it's not. So they should have their own pick this year, but that's going to be in the 20s. Yeah. Like, that's not overly valuable. Um, I don't... I mean, they have the Bulls' second-round pick, which is going to be really high. But you're but, not trading any yeah, no, for second-round picks. They have their first next year, but you can't trade first in back-to-back years. So, I mean, if you're attaching, I mean, you literally might have to attach your 2019 first and your 2021 first and a second round pick, whether it's this year or next year. If New Orleans doesn't like this year's draft, they can go next year's. But, like, something like that in Philly, that's really rich considering you're giving up Ben Simmons and Mark Elfolds. Yeah. Which. Uh, Markel Fultz, that's, again, that's a whole nother That might be the best thing for Markel Fultz is to get a fresh start yeah. in somewhere that's not necessarily... Go to New Orleans where no one will watch you. Yeah. Because they're 29th in attendance. <laughs> <laughs> and just kind of develop into whatever you're going to develop into, if that's an NBA player or not. Yeah. Jeez. I, I it, it's that. not easy. Again, I don't even love that for Philly, though. I don't... 
I don't love the the Davis and Embiid pairing. I would, the and, difference with, with Jokic and Davis was that Jokic can play. 25, 30 feet from the basket and not just be a stand-and-shoot three-point guy. Whereas Embiid, if he's that far from the basket, that's all he is. That's all. That's a win for the defense. Yeah. and But otherwise, you're just clogging the lane. and I, Yeah, I don't feel great. And Jimmy Butler is not exactly the three-point shooter that I think people envisioned him being on this team. Like, he's a good three-point shooter, but he's mm. not, you know, this elite J.J. Redick type or anywhere close to that, really. He's, a, he's an average three-point shooter, which complements the rest of his game, but... Man, if the spacing's bad now, I don't know if... Prep yourself for... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> of course AD is a better shooter than Ben Simmons, but like, I don't know if this really gets much better with that trade. And, and then it, it, the question becomes, who does Philadelphia want to pay? Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't feel great about this. I'm not sure how Jimmy Butler would feel about this. Because Jimmy Butler, there's no way he's coming back if he's the third fiddle to Joel Embiid and Anthony Davis, is there? I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so either. And then you just got a pissed off Jimmy Butler for the last <laughs> 30 games of the year. And I'm we've, not seen all, gonna, we've seen that. Yeah, I'm not saying he's going to sabotage the team intentionally. But, I mean, you, you talk about Jimmy Butler being upset. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you're the third fiddle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would not be good. Well, let's talk about uh, one or two more teams, and then we'll wrap this so up. The... Just because contracts, I don't love this one either, but Miami has a bunch of these contracts. Mm. Dion Waiters, Josh Richardson, Goran Dragic type guys, Son Whiteside, and then a couple young guys like Justice Winslow and Bam Adebayo. They have guys, they can make the money work. I'm just saying that's the one. All these, it's the easiest to make the money work. Yes. Um, but that's because they have a bunch of bad middling yeah. contracts. So I don't love that one. I just wanted to throw it out there for the sake of throwing it out there. That would require the Miami moving off Josh Richardson and probably Justice Winslow and Bam Adebayo. And I don't think they'll do that. Um, that would be the most I don't know if New Orleans move ever is just, just get a bunch of fun, <laughs> like second and third tier yeah, I type of guys. So the last thing that came to my head for this type of thing, and uh, part of this is, man, this would require a GM with big balls making this one. <laughs> but this team has it. And that's Toronto. That's what I, I was just going to bring that up as our last team. Let's go. This is their all-in move. This is Kawhi. We're serious about this. We're we're here to win, uh, and we want you to we want you to stay. <laughs> Now, the question is, who do you include? Because they actually have the contracts to make this easily work, but it's the young bench that you would have to include, like Siakam, uh, Ananobi. See, just right there, though, Siakam's at one and a half, Ananobi's at two, so that's three and a half. And then you probably have to throw in, like, a Fred Van Fleet, which is at eight, eight. and a half, so you're at 12 million now, roughly. So do you throw in Valanciunas? Yeah. You throw in Valanciunas, of Val- course. And then he has a player option, which if he doesn't want to be in New Orleans, he'll just opt out. Yeah. And you're great if you're New Orleans. And if not, Jonas Valanciunas is only 26. Like, you can probably trade him next year on an expiring deal. So, like, it's it's perfectly fine in, in there. So there's your contract right there. And if you wanted, like, another guy to come to New Orleans who's young-ish and you wanted to get off of Solomon Hill, throw in Norman Powell, still only 25. Yeah. And that... Honestly, perfectly makes the money work. So, Toronto's kind of depleting their depth a little bit, but their bench has not been the same this year as it was last year overall. 
That's true. Um, then you can kind of stagger though. Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry, and and that's I feel like that's exactly what Kyle Lowry needs. Anthony Davis. He yeah. needs someone else. I think Kyle Lowry. We talked about Jimmy Butler not wanting to be third fiddle and really not taking on that role very well, and he only been okay with that this year um, so far with Ben Simmons and Embiid. Kyle Lowry. Now he wants. To, I mean, he wants to take shots. He he's been a, the guy for a large part of his career, and he's taken a step back this year really well. I, I mean, if you tell him, like, look, we can get Anthony Davis, you're 32. Yeah. Like, this is it. This is our chance. I think this is one you can go for it. I think if you're willing to make the move for Kawhi, you just go all in. This I mean, is your season to win. Yeah. Because otherwise, like, what are you doing? Yeah. You, you built this great 1 through 12 team. But if you can't get past Golden State, then what do you do this for? Um. And I kind of like the assets here more. I like Siakam. Ananobi's nice. Finn Fleet, it can be as proven to be a good guard, point guard. Put him next to Drew Holiday. I mean, you're basically getting a starting lineup out of this. Yeah. If you're New Orleans, you're getting Siakam at the four, Ananobi at the three, Van Fleet at the one, Holiday will stay at the two, and then Valanchunas, if you keep him, is your five. And if you don't love it you just flip it all for assets yeah and you can go ahead and just keep randall keep miritich flip randall flip miritich whatever you want to do play more julia loca for trade julia loca for <laughs> like you it, have options it gives you probably the most flexibility going forward honestly besides the lakers like this right now knowing boston can't get in on this this might be the best best trade option if you're trying to make a deal within the 10 days like i'm on i'm if i'm the toronto raptors gm i'm calling new orleans every single hour saying like hey here's our offer this is it and i mean i love honestly who on the lakers do you like more than pascal siakam at this point (laughs) no one that's the thing like i'm i'm not sure i like brandon ingram more than i like pascal siakam i was gonna say kyle kuzma (laughs) (laughs) i don't I told I've told you this off air, but I'm I'm stating it publicly on this podcast. I'm off Brandon Ingram. I'm yeah. off that hype train. I bought into it this year, and it's just been a bunch of Andrew Wiggins long jump shots that are yeah. disappointing and not what I want to see from him. Yeah. So I'm out. I would say I'm looking like Pascal's about to turn 25. Kuzma is about to turn 24. Yeah, because he played multiple years at Utah. But he can score. That's the thing. Yeah, Brandon Ingram um, will turn 22 before the beginning of next season. Um, Lonzo Ball is actually an older guy. He'll he just turned 21. So, I mean, yeah, these guys are. Josh Hart's already 23. I I really like this deal. To me, right now, and this is a team that I really haven't heard. It's Toronto, or the Lakers, or Denver. Those are the three that I really like, knowing Boston can't get in this right now. Yeah. Uh, and they're all teams that are like, no, we got to go for it. Yeah. And that's what I think I love about it. It's not just a team like, oh, yeah, Anthony Davis, what a great piece to build around. It's like, no, we're, we're shooting for it, and then we'll make the rest work out long term. Yeah. I mean, for Toronto, the upside here is that if you – if it doesn't work out with Kawhi and Anthony Davis staying, then you just rebuild. And you've well, been able to do that. And you still have Kyle Lowry under contract for next year. Kawhi's is a player option that we know he'll he'll opt, opt out, out of. You would still have Surge next year. Um, Anthony Davis is still under contract for next year. 
It's yep. the year after that that he has a player option. So, like, you could, even if Kawhi leaves, you can still run it back with Lowry, uh, Davis, and Ibaka, and then keep filling in around that. You're already in the luxury tax, so, I mean, it's not getting any worse right. than this. So, I, I like this team. You can maybe convince Danny Green to come back on a cheaper deal because he's expiring. I think you could probably do that. I bet you can. He's at $10 million right now. And he's 31. You could either get him to come back at the same number or maybe slightly less. There's a team here. There is still a team here if all else fails. Yep. And you fill it out with minimum guys the same way Milwaukee filled out their team with the minimum guys this year, Brooke Lopez types of the world. I don't see why not at this point. I mean, knowing, I mean, not personally knowing, obviously, but like Masai Ujiri, hearing him talk, hearing him talk about like, you, you go for it. Like that's what yeah. that's what we've done, and it didn't work. And they fired the coach of the year after, <laughs> which uh, we can talk about that on a later show. But uh, Detroit's a hot mess right now, so I don't, I don't know about the coach of the yeah. year thing anymore. But, <laughs> I get the idea though. Yeah, so you I, have to go. You have. I mean, that's the idea. Masai Ujiri's like, we're gonna do whatever we feel like is best. You have to go. I mean, this is it. This is a unique opportunity where a star has said. I'm out, and I have a year and a half left on my deal. Yeah. Unlike Kawhi, who's like, we got this year. Yeah. This is this is different from that. And I feel like Anthony Davis so far has really done well when he's had it, like a, a point guard who knows their role, knows how to play off of Anthony Davis, can be a facilitator, but still play off ball and do well, a.k.a. Drew Holiday, a.k.a. Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Like, that can still work, knowing, like, it may only be a year, but it, it could work. Oh, man, those, these next 10, game, uh, 10 games, 10 days are just going to be pens and needles for me. I'm going to be is, checking Twitter is more Woj than... Is going to sleep? Probably not. I don't know if I will. <laughs> <laughs> like, could you imagine being working for, like... Any of these organizations, like thinking, God, we gotta get Anthony Davis. Davis. This is a, this is our year. How do we make this happen? Yeah, and then waking up from a tweet <laughs> that's like, uh, I don't know, uh, Dylan Brooks is traded because the Memphis Grizzlies finally figured that out. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. Um, well, uh, do you have anything you want to add before we end this forty-two minute half episode? Pop. Hey, this is like not nearly as long as a lot of the others being put out right now. That's true. Yeah. It's an emergency pod, uh, and it, it man, this is a lot of fun. I wish we could do this every Monday, double <laughs> double it. Um, anyways, thank you so much for listening to our Anthony Davis emergency podcast. Find us on Twitter at NBA Couch GM Pod. Uh, we'll be tweeting out all things NBA news this week and all trade rumors and all that stuff. And it, this trade deadline is just going to be so much fun. I'm so excited. Anyways, see you back next week. For real this time. Unless Anthony Davis gets traded, then we'll have another emergency podcast. I don't know what we're going to call that one. (laughs) The emergency podcast (laughs) 2.0. See you guys back next week.